1: i <music>
2: Hey everybody, Scott Burnside, back for another edition of Two Man Advantage, the podcast. I'm feeling a bit rusty, Pierre. We had that time off, a little bit of break after the unusual end of the hockey season and draft and free agency. So, I, I, listen, I always need you, but if it looks like I'm if it looks like I'm going to go off the rails, I need you to really step into the breach. Are you okay with me? <laughs>
0: I am. I will tell you, I thought by the time we get back uh, for our next podcast that we, the NHL and HLPA would be putting the finishing touches on the the deal for the 2021 season. Alas, we're going to have to wait uh, probably at least another week for that, let's hope, but uh, that's okay. we got plenty to talk about.
2: That's right, and and we will circle back to it. But I, I got to tell you, I was so excited, A, that you and I are going to chat, but, and I will say this, I'll sound like Eddie Haskell, but even more excited that we are able to uh, chat with Kendall Coyne Schofield, the new player development coach and youth hockey growth specialist for the Chicago Blackhawks. And just before we started the tape, Kendall, I was bemoaning the fact that you and I aren't sort of sitting across a table from each other because we've done it the last two All-Star games in San Jose and last year in St. Louis. But thanks for coming to hang out with us and congrats on your new gig.
3: Thank you so much, Scott. And hi, Pierre. I know I wish we were in person. I think we all do, right? Because that would mean our world is, is healthy and safe and we can return to what we know is normal. And we would be at an all-star weekend maybe in the next uh, three months together, right? But uh, that's not the case. But thank you so much for having me.
2: Well, let's let's uh, let's get going with the news of the day, and uh, uh, if we if we meet at All Star or if we meet during the playoffs, and in fact, I'm looking at you with your Chicago Blackhawks cap on, so that's kind of <laughs> you 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 will have narrowed your focus, I'm guessing, pretty much in terms of uh, NHL uh, allegiances. But maybe just walk us through how you came to this position and what exactly are you going to be doing with the Blackhawks in in what is a a groundbreaking role for for you?
3: Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't start out by saying growing up in the Chicagoland area, from the first time I put my my first pair of hockey skates on when I was three years old, 22 miles southwest of the United Center in Orland Park, Illinois. um, I've I've always rooted for this team. I've always wanted to be on this team and the last 48 hours, um, have been a whirlwind and it feels like I'm on this team. I'm a part of this team and I'm going to be working to help this team be successful. And as a competitor, as an elite athlete myself, there's nothing more, uh, fun and energizing than being able to do that. Um, so over the last, to answer your question, but over the last six, seven years, I have been working, uh, as a community liaison with the Chicago Blackhawks. And that has gone, that has been from everything from Chicago Blackhawks youth hockey camps to the inception of the Golden Coins girls program for uh, girls, age six to 12, which we developed last year, uh, to working the little Blackhawks, the gold clinics. going into Chicago Public Schools and and introducing the game of hockey um, to so many other things. So I've I've always felt a part of this organization, whether it was as a fan or a community liaison or as a friend to so many within the organization as this is my hometown team. But for things to finally be formalized and to have this role and to be a part of the hockey side of the organization is so exciting because I know I have so much to give. I've been in this game my entire life. to work and to help develop the prospects who are hoping to one day play for the Blackhawks and hoist that Stanley Cup is, is really a dream come true.
0: What's, uh, what's your phone been like in terms of reaction around the hockey world, Kendall? <laughs> I mean, uh, I know when I saw the headline, uh, you know, I thought to myself again, here's another important moment for the game. And I think of Ken Granado being hired by Seattle, uh, Haley Wickenheiser, in a similar role in yours with the Hawks uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, you know I think this hopefully will become the norm that you look at great hockey players regardless of their background regardless of their gender and you want to hire really good people and I think that's happened here what, what, what's the week been like for you in terms of reaction
3: yeah that that's a great point Pierre is the it we want it to become the norm the fact that you could list a few moments that you remember you know on one hand means there's not enough right we want this right. to be repetitive we want this to be just normal right we want it to, we want to get to that point in the game of hockey but it does take uh, organizations like the chicago blackhawks like this, the move the seattle kraken made with cami and the toronto maple Leafs made with haley wickenheiser and i know there's others out there but it takes those groundbreaking moments and believers in the in the women in the women to do exactly what they're there to do, and that's to help the organization win and get better. Um, but what has my phone been like the last uh, few hours and few days? It's a, it's been uh, it's been a little bit overwhelming, but I think it's a lot of it's not only because history was made, a barrier was broken, uh, it's because the people know how, how much I love and how passionate I am about the development aspect of the game. And if there's a common denominator in the two roles that I'll be doing, it's development, it's developing the prospects and it's developing the game at the grassroots level. And then to be able to do it in my hometown that I try and give back so much to, that I try to inspire and get more and more kids in the Chicago, and the Chicagoland area into the game. Um, you know, it, it can't be a more perfect fit.
2: Kendall, you and I first crossed paths, uh, as Pierre alluded to, at uh, All-Star in San Jose two years ago, of course, uh, stepping in for Nathan McKinnon when he wasn't able to go in the fastest uh, skater competition. And then a year ago in St. Louis with the terrific three-on-three um, exhibition, I, I'm, I'm curious, just following up on Pierre's Uh, question about your phone have you heard from a lot of nhl players or can you describe you know who has been reaching out Are, are there people who've reached out to you since um your new post was announced that maybe surprised you or or were maybe especially meaningful to you
3: Oh, there, there have been a lot. Um, and I think there have been so many within the hockey community, whether it's players, current players, former players, coaches, uh, broadcasters uh, that have reached out and whether it's saying congratulations, saying good luck, uh, saying, hey, if you ever have needed any advice, if you ever are looking to pick my brain about something, like don't be afraid to call. Uh, There's, there's been quite a few players, Um, you know, one of my former um, Northeastern Huskies, Josh Manson reached out the other day. I've heard from Connor Carrick to um, all the guys I skated on the ice with just the other day, whether Vinny Henestrosa, Ryan Hartman, um, you know, the list kind of goes on. And I think we all saw Patrick Kane uh, welcome me to the organization. And I I obviously talked to, heard from Cammie and and Ray. And um, I think one thing too is, uh, I don't know if people saw, but just the amount of players um, that I've skated with and against in the women's game, we're all extremely excited and supportive. And for me, that, that means a lot because I hope it shows them they can do this too, um, no matter where they're at, what organization that, you know, they're affiliated with. But uh, there's a lot more room for them to be a part of an NHL club one day. Um, so it, there there have been a lot of people. Um, some of my broadcast partners, uh, Kenny Albert, reached out to me. Uh, there, there, there's a lot. Um, I don't want to forget anybody, but uh, there's a lot.
0: <laughs> and, and I know in your, in your role in player development, uh, Ken, there's a lot of different things that, that you're going to be responsible for. But I'm just going to say, when I think of you, I think of skating. <laughs> and and mm. I'm wondering, technically, this, this would be easier to do if we were on video than it is over a podcast. But... What are some of your philosophies about, you know, improving uh, a skating stride, whether it's an NHL player you're going to work with or a youth player, what are some of your real tenants that you believe in that everyone should?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I think I would approach the kids versus the pros in, in a little bit different ways because that's why I love working with kids because uh, they're a block of clay, and we get to mold that clay into the way we want it to go in terms of a skating stride. So there's a little bit more room to work with when they're really, really young because they they haven't really developed that stride. But when you're when you're talking about an NHL player that's been skating the way he or she has been skating, you know, their whole life, uh, it's more fine-tuning things. I think um, you know it's taking what they have. You know, you obviously look at Connor McDavid, and you can watch watch him skate, and you can tell. Everyone, just do what he does you know it's, it's a lot it's a lot uh, easier said than done but I think it's it's fine-tuning what these players already have the tools that they have in their toolbox and breaking it down and saying okay well what adjustments can we make you know day by day one percent every day what can we work on that makes a big difference you know come the end of the season come playoff time um so I think it's that's the way I would digest it with a pro player
2: Kendall, I'm curious. I'm actually working on a piece that hopefully will come out later, well, in the next couple of days. Um, It involves the NHL Coaches Association and a mentorship program with um, some female NCAA coaches and putting them together with NHL coaches and talking about various uh, tactical elements and all those kinds of things. And when I talked to the women coaches, they said one of the things that was so important to them is just the opportunity to, to have a dialogue with an NHL coach and those things those opportunities are they don't come along every day and so they hope that this is something that you know that opens up doors further down the road and I wonder if you feel the same way about your experiences at All-Star in San Jose then of course in St. Louis your broadcast work in San Jose do you think that's going to help you when you step into this new role is that you have a comfort level with the NHL game and with NHL players,
3: I definitely do think it will help. Um, and that's one thing I've been very, very fortunate to have is experience in in the NHL in many different aspects of the league. Whether it is broadcasting, media relations. As an intern, I I was in two thousand fourteen after the uh, Sochi games uh, before i went back to my junior year of college at northeastern and then from the community side of things and and just the relationships that i've that i've built the people i've met and the experiences that i've had uh, through those different aspects have really helped me get to this point to see how an nhl organization works because it is completely different than what i'm used to at with usa hockey it's completely different than my experiences when i played college hockey there's a lot more that goes into uh, you know, an NHL club, whether it's, it's working with the, you know, the affiliates working with all the different aspects within it's, it's so much bigger. And so it's getting to know all those different, uh, you know, de- departments and the way things work. And so through the years, I've been able to see that. And so when it came to, to hockey operations and being the third woman with the Blackhawks, um, I knew there were, there were two women ahead of me, but it, there was, there's still a learning curve for me. I'm still, I'm still figuring out, okay, you know, w- where am I going to get my feet wet? How am I going to get my feet wet? Who can I call to ask questions? Who do, you know, who do I, who do I want to, you know, work with right off the bat? There's, there's so much that goes into it, and and it's just a different beast than than anything out anything else out there in hockey.
0: One last thing, I know you got another um, interview coming here, Kendall, but I, I asked this of all young uh, hires in NHL front offices because I often get interesting answers. But as your career is going to go on here, are you looking? more towards the coaching side to continue in the coaching side, or is the management side do you think might appeal to you one day too?
3: I think that's the, that's the best part about this role is I'll really be able to, to see both of those sides. Uh, through the communication that I'll have, um, you know, with the with the coaching staff, and then in addition uh, with management. So I, I'm really excited to experience that and see that, and and be a sponge, just like I've been, you know, when I when I'm working in the broadcast world, when I was a media relations intern uh, in 2014. So I'm I'm really excited actually about that because I think this is just the start of something that can be very special down the line.
2: Uh, great, Kendall. It has been tremendous. I have a question before we do let you go yep. for good. I am curious now that you are a, a Blackhawks employee, can you still do the Dunkin Donut commercials with David Pasternak or is it do we do you have to do Dunkin commercials only with Blackhawks? I know, you know, maybe Patrick <laughs> Kane, Jonathan Tays. I don't know. What's what's the deal with with the with your commercial future now?
3: I don't know. But to be honest, I think the chirps only get stronger now. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Oh my god! It's a great question, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's, I got to tell you, it's one of my favorite parts of the playoffs was seeing the Duncan uh, commercials with you and and uh, and David. So I I hope it I hope it doesn't mean you uh, you can't you can't keep doing them. And I'm I'm with you. I I want to see an ad lib sort of chirp fest between you and and David. Then so we'll see how that.
3: I mean, goes. I w- I would love that, and I, I, I love the commercials too, but what I loved about them was the visibility that it brought to the game uh, equally, the men's game, the women's game. You know, those commercials were played a lot, um, okay. but it, we're very thankful for our support from Duncan um, in those commercials and, and Pasta's support too, because uh, you know, they did ask him, they said, hey, you know, we, we want a women's player to be in the commercial with you, would you be interested? And he goes, 100%, let's do it. Yeah. So a lot of credit due to PASTA there.
2: Good stuff. Well, Kendall, listen, good luck to you and your new post. And I'm sure our paths will cross, well, hopefully sooner than later in a more or less normal circumstance. But congratulations on your new post with the Blackhawks. And and, uh, I hope we get to do this again soon. So thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you for having me. I hope we we get to talk again soon.
2: Sounds good. Thank you, Kendall.
3: Okay. thanks. Bye.
4: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
2: Pierre, you and I were actually shoulder to shoulder in San Jose when we were watching uh, Kendall do that fastest skating um, exercise in San Jose at uh, All-Star. I don't think any of us really had a sense... uh, the, of the kind of change really in, in less than two years and, and you mentioned Cami Granado. I had a chance to uh, chat with uh, Emily Engel-Natsky who's the new video coach with the Hershey Bears of course Capitals AHL franchise uh, Kim Ng the new GM of the Florida Marlins it, does it mm-hmm. feel to you and and you have two daughters at home so at my, you, I'm guessing that you feel these things maybe a little bit more personally or, or they resonate maybe a little bit um, more for you but do you feel like we have come a long ways in a in, in a short period of time or have we just come a short ways in a period of time that maybe is long overdue yeah not
0: not uh, far enough and not quickly enough for my liking and it's funny you know when i came back from san jose that year that's the only thing that my oldest daughter wanted to talk about was was Kendall kendall's performance and the skills um but it was also at that uh, event if you remember scotty where And i don't know what spurred me on to be honest uh, but at gary bettman's state of the union at the end of it i i kind of threw one at him from left field and i said you know why did he think that we uh, had not had a female gm in the history of the nhl and um i don't you know i i think his answer essentially was that he feels like they've opened as many doors as they can but you know i i respectfully disagreed at the time with that and and it's not to say that I, I don't, for sure, I believe Gary Bettman would like to see that day. But as a, as a whole, the hockey world, I, I don't think enough doors have been open for that kind of path to seem realistic. And, you know, like you mentioned with the news out of Florida and baseball now, I think that's opened a lot of eyes. And, you know, the more people you get in the system now um you know could cammy Granado be a future gm or or, or could Kendall be a, a future gm you know haley wick and i the more people you put in places to have an actual path and to have a chance to have knowledge of a front office or of nhl coaching and how the system works and making those relationships and having networks that's the only way you start knocking on doors and so you know it's a start but it's it's you know i still think hockey has a has a ways to go
2: here. Yeah, it. I agree with you. Although I am heartened by just how, you know, even in the short period of, you know, let's go back, you know, when Seattle started making their hockey ops hires and, um, you know, I use that Seattle team because they've, you know, they really have thought outside the box in terms of, okay, what, you know, how are we going to build our our organization, and uh, really, you know, a lot of different voices um, in that group, and and you're right. It, it maybe it is one of those things that becomes, you know, a trickle becomes a, a stream, which becomes a river, or whichever, you know, you know image you'd like to use mm-hmm. um and it is important to have people i think like kendall who can speak so eloquently about the experience and why it's important and you know haley wickenheiser and Cameron in granado they're uh, they're all the same in that same you know well this, and, this is, and, a, but, and, yeah and who
0: knows where it'll come from i mean you mentioned seattle you know you go to Al- alexandra vendricki who's a director of aki Operate, administration yeah. there sorry with an anal- analytics background and, and what we were told is when one Ron Francis got hired as GM that her input on the GM hire was quite instrumental. Um, so, again, to your point about Seattle doing things differently. But, you know, at some point, um, that's when you know you'll really have come somewhere in the NHL is when you have your first head coach or first GM. And and it doesn't and it's not like, whoa, we didn't see that coming. No, it's like this person deserves this. Like they, right. this person has been working for this, and th- and that's really, I, I, I'm I'm more interested in, in having enough doors open, at 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 the front end of the building, so that people actually have a chance to put in
2: the time and and put in the contacts. Yeah, no, you were absolutely right. Um, all right, my friend. Listen, I, I'm I'm so excited that we're back at it, and I think of you know I I think of you often, of course, but I always think of you around Thanksgiving, and I think about how this is almost always the great weekend in the NHL schedule um, because it's such an important holiday, certainly, uh, in the United States and football. But it's also become a real benchmark in the NHL for, um, you know, taking stock, right? I mean, how, how many GMs or coaches or players even who say, well, we got to see where we're at at Thanksgiving and what, you know, where, you know, what changes do we make, need to make, where are we vis-a-vis our expectations, all those kinds of things. And you always do a great, um, post Thanksgiving sort of wrap of all the games. And, and I'm, I'm kind of sad that we're not going to have that. And, uh, but I am with you, even though we don't have a plan yet in place for, let's call it the 2021 season, even though it won't start till 21, um, that I, I do think it's going to happen, but are you surprised that we're not there yet? That we're not talking about, yes, a 60-game schedule and these uh, and these are the divisions and that kind of stuff. Are you surprised we're not there yet? I mean, yes
0: and no, because certainly I'll say I'm surprised from the point of view that when the Stanley Cup was awarded, that the entire 2014 Return to Play tournament was the result of incredible goodwill. Uh, between the players and the owners, the PA and the league and, and getting that thing off the ground. Uh, remarkably, having the tournament play out without a single positive uh, COVID test. Um, just the whole thing, the whole bubble hockey was it was a huge success on and off the ice. Not so much ratings-wise and certainly not when it came to making actual money, but in terms of the quality of the play and the fact that you know it wasn't a gong show. Um, it was a pretty tremendous story. And... Feeding off that, you just got the sense, well, that was probably the hardest thing to do is come out of March and April when the world shut down to pull this off. You know, surely they'll, you know, they'll figure out when to play again for 2021. Here we go again. So it it is surprising they've not been able to come out and announce, you know, what the season is going to look like. Um, But here's the part that's not surprising is we knew the last time we did our last couple of podcasts back in, in October that the money salary part was going to be perhaps a stumbling block and it's still a bit bizarre to me that when they you know negotiated the MOU for the CBA extension in June that they didn't seem to completely see this potential of a situation 4 months later or maybe the PA will argue in fact in my conversations with the PA that they did and that's why they 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 negotiated the way they did but That this would be an issue, that there may not be much revenue for 2021 because there won't be a lot of fans in the building, if at all, and that both sides should have known that when they did the CBA. Now, again, the players will say, well, that's why we agreed to 20% escrow and to a 10% salary deferral for 2021 as part of the MOU. You know, they're giving away 30% for 2021. That's what the PA will tell you was their vision for the difficulty that lied ahead. Of course as we know from from our reporting and a lot of other media outlets the league of course over the past couple of weeks has gone to the players union and said well no we need more salary deferral and even some escrow tweaks for the last three years of that deal for it to make financial sense right now in the cash payout for our struggling owners Whew. so yeah it's uh it's it, it's hit a stalemate um As I tweeted earlier this morning, and we're taping this on on Wednesday morning on the eve of U.S. Thanksgiving. uh, Gary Bettman and Don Fear have actually gone six days without talking to each other, which is noteworthy because they had been in daily dialogue really the entire offseason. There had been a really good communication level there, um, a remnant of what had happened in the summer, right? And this situation, the league coming back and wanting to make some pretty important tweaks to a CBA they just signed four months ago has left the players pretty red faced. Um do I think they'll they'll these two sides will find a way over the next week or two? Yes. I, I actually still think they'll get through this um uh, even if there's some you know some 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 bitter feelings and they'll salvage some kind of twenty twenty one season. But I'm not even sure what we're talking about is the biggest hurdle and I'll let you take the baton here, but I think what concerns me more now is not whether the PA and the league will figure this out. I think it's more the fact that are are you ready to open camp sometime in December with the rising COVID cases around North America? That would be the bigger concern to me.
2: Yeah, well, and, and, and you raise a, I mean, I'm with you. I, I do think because there is no, I don't think there's an option, right? I mean, it's not like the NHL can say, well, Let's get back to this in August, and we'll, you know, we'll put a cap on the 2021 season, right? I, I don't, I see that as a non-starter. I'm sure people are telling you the same thing. I talked to a uh, a governor who was adamant that they felt it was imperative the league play in order to fulfill TV contracts, in order to get back on schedule for 21-22 when Seattle comes in and becomes the 32nd team. Um, But we are, you know, the clock is really ticking now to being able to get something together. And to your point, now we've got... um, Ongoing, just the numbers continue to be staggering in the United States in terms of number of cases, number of deaths, and in and in Canada, which has been, you know, to my mind, has done such a nice job. And now that there are spikes all over the country, and mm-hmm. you're right, it's not just the it's not just as easy as saying, well, okay, let's play 60 games and let's start on January 10th. Um, you know, the players will give an extra 13% in deferral, and away we go. I I, I agree with you. I'm not sure... I'm not sure we are not at a stage now where okay, if you're going to play, do you have to revisit um, a bubble model, especially in the United States? I don't know how you deal with it with a Canadian division, which seems to be a certainty. Uh, I don't know. I, like I'm with you, Pierre. I do think that um, there's so much going on outside the financial end of things now that could have an impact on what this season looks like. So... Um, and, yeah, I just um, I just want let, let me ask it this way so you can take it back but and I got to tell you I think the optics of this are not very good, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you got and you know, and again, I see the player side in this entirely. Signed the deal 5 months ago. Um now the owners want more. Um where we are at and I think of the lineups for food banks across this country in the United States. Um I got to tell you You know, if there are hockey fans out there, you know, following these kinds of negotiations, and they don't have enough food to feed their families, I got to tell you, I'm I'm not sure it resonates uh, for a lot of sports fans to have this kind of discussion right now. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and I, I alluded to that in the piece I wrote last week that the danger for both sides here, and and if you forget for a moment that you know you probably have to side with the players at the outset of this dispute because they just did negotiate this, but. You know, as one owner said to me, you know, 50% of zero is zero. <laughs> like, you know, the the system is about 50 50% share of revenues, and if there's no revenues, then and the, the 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 inherent point being that what the league and the owners are asking is not to take more money away from the players in the in the big picture, but more to spread the money around down the road and not have it all come out this year because the players would actually have larger debt payments to make otherwise, which is all true. But, you know, that's up to the players. They they the PA will tell you they 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 you know, they thought that this year would be hard and that's why they, like I said, negotiated a thirty percent tax, twenty plus ten. Um at the end of the day, I think the players probably for the betterment of the game and to salvage a season, I think he just swallow hard and and defer a bit more money because remember when you defer you still get it it just means you're not getting it right away i wouldn't defer to the amount that the league asked for i would i would argue that you can do a bit less than that but i do think at the end of the day that's probably the play to salvage all this but you're right i mean i mentioned last week you know baseball took a pounding uh last spring for the way it just couldn't get its house in order until the final moment um in terms of the players and owners and the way that looked when people were panicking about the pandemic you know first of all hockey always has less leeway than the other sports because you know we're we're you know our sport is always trying to fight its way into the the american sphere and and it really can't afford to be the one sport that can't figure out how to come back this time around right you just can't do that so it's why i think you know um you know they'll figure this out and there's still time like Yes, I think it should have been done by the end of this week. But now with the holiday, I think if they can figure something out by next Tuesday or Wednesday, that's still December second, December third. You know, give yourself a two-week window before camps open, fifteenth or sixteenth, and and off you go. If you think you can actually have puck dropped, you know, in early January, the COVID numbers and the different health jurisdictions around North America may suggest otherwise, but. In terms of the players in the league getting over this financial squabble, I do think that there's there's a path there to figure this out, you know, by early to mid next week, perhaps.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
2: Yeah, and I'm with you. And listen, there is, I mean, as bad as things are on on both sides of the border, I mean, there certainly is... Um, optimistic news about a vaccine and about its uh, efficacy and the ability to get it out to, you know, firstly, frontline uh, workers. And so, it, it, you know, it does feel to me that if we can get this, if if we can get things going, and if we can get through the next you know, whatever it is month or six weeks or two months um that geez we might be nearing the end of the tunnel but boy it would be it would be nice if 21 had a, a different narrative to mm-hmm. it, my friend and uh but right, but, so, but, but, you,
0: but unless yeah. just to put a final point on yeah. that unless I'm mis misunderstanding when I'm reading about the different vaccines uh, um I don't think it's gonna impact this season either way like, I think we're talking about trying to get the world back to normal in time for the next NHL season, twenty one, twenty two. by the time the entire North American population has access to it is what I mean.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I do think that in certainly some of the projections we're, we're talking, you know, springtime and, um, but you're right. And obviously that is, you know, big picture. If if we could all be talking about normalcy by, um, you know, the summer of 21 heading into the, the fall of 21, that would be, that would be pretty outstanding so um all right. Let me uh, before we before I leave you. I, I've enjoyed your writing. You've had some amazing pieces uh, the last couple of weeks. Don't and lie. I was no very <laughs> uh, very insightful. They. I love your piece on um, Brent Seabrook. A uh, uh, very thoughtful piece. And, and who knew what he was going through in in, in his life? Uh, I enjoyed your piece on uh, taking a look at the potential playoff scenarios if we end up with the four divisions, um, three in the states, one in Canada. I was. And I, 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 so let me ask you this question. I was a little bit surprised, and I talked to some owners um, who echoed exactly what you said. Almost zero appetite for playoff expansion, and I was a little bit surprised by that, especially after, you know, I thought there was a lot of drama with the play-in rounds uh, before we got going in early Mm -hmm. August. Uh, um, Were you surprised by that, or does this go back to the fact that Gary Bettman is really, he's he's very consistent, does not want... Doesn't yeah. like an expanded format, really. He,
0: he definitely wants 16, 16 teams in the playoffs. And uh, that was confirmed to me by a number of sources again this week. That doesn't mean that he's the only voice in the room, but all signs point to only 16 teams making the, the playoffs this year. And so obviously the easiest thing to do is four divisions and four teams of each division make it. And as I investigated the different options, you know, I had one governor who said he would love the one against 16 format, <laughs> like the early 80s, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. just for this year only, because yep. he felt some divisions would be more loaded than others. And the one against 16, two against 15 playoff format would even sort of even out the fact that the, the road to the playoffs may not be totally fair, depending which division you're in. And I get that, but given the money already lost and the money that's going to be lost even staging a season with very few fans in the buildings uh adding travel costs to the playoff format is not going to win the room so i don't think you'll see that one happening and then i looked at the conference playoffs which was you know more or less what we've had the last 20 plus years although the you know the last (laughs) the current version is a Divisional slash wild card slash, I don't know what you want to call it. Everyone hates the current playoff thing. Um, but the conference doesn't work for no other reason than, than who do you match up with the Canadian division. So it really comes down to what other option is there other than divisional playoffs. And one of the, as a number of ex- executives told me Monday from this piece, one of the real benefits, the obvious benefit, the benefit that seems to rule the moment right now when you think about it, is that if you go divisional playoffs, it means that the Canadian teams play each other in the first two rounds of the playoffs. You get all the way to the final four before dealing with the border. Right. And and so. that's and that's really what I think is going to appease both the league and the PA as they as they iron these details out. Now it's not decided for sure. Uh, it's still to be determined. Sources on both sides uh, remind me, but I just don't know where else you go if 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 there's still uncertainty with the border. And I think there will be. I mean I I I, with the geez, with the cases on both sides of the border right now skyrocketing. I I don't know why we think the border would be relaxed anytime before May or June.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah I, I agree entirely. And that's it does seem to make the most sense just to proceed on that. Listen, it's it seems a given Canadian division and then keep playing as long as you can without having to confront the border issue, then it just makes it easier to schedule. and Right, and then, uh, yeah, and then the I, winner
0: of the Canadian division, you know, if, if the border is still an issue and and players would still have to quarantine 14 days upon entering either country, then I think what you have to do is the Canadian team, uh, you know, like I, like I wrote on my piece, do you come up with a neutral site for the final four? Right. So yep. that you're not crossing back and forth. At that point, you're going somewhere Likely in the States, and then you're saying here's where the rest of the playoffs are going to play out, or at least the third round. And then maybe it, when you get to the cup final, you can travel back and forth if it's two U.S. cities. We'll see.
2: Yeah. Um, before we close this edition of Two Man Advantage, uh, a tip of the hat to Johnny Boychuk. A rock solid defender uh, announced today an eye injury will prevent him from continuing his playing career as an NHL player. Uh, I think of I I, I think of Johnny Boychuk in in some ways to me Pierre he personifies that Boston Bruins identity when they won the Stanley Cup in 2011 um, just hard as nails right he just a uh, relentless player and always. A smile on his face in that locker room, and uh, made a, a tremendous impact uh, when he went to the Islanders. He was started there in 1415, um, and it's you know just sad. And I know it was an emotional day for him and for the Islanders uh, when he announced that he wasn't going to be able to play again. But uh, good on Johnny Boychuk, and so we we'll, we tip a, a cap to him
0: yeah and you're and you know the reaction on social media to his announcement tells you a lot from his current teammates his former teammates his former teams obviously a really well-liked player um interesting though as a technicality though there's there's it doesn't matter because obviously he's saying he's never going to play again but he's not officially retiring i guess right exactly uh for all kinds of you know reasons paperwork reasons which uh may end up helping the Islanders. First of all, means he can still get paid, but also I think the Islanders will be able to LTIR him. But none of that stuff matters on a day when you have a player saying he's not going to play again. And um, yeah, and and it's interesting. I, I was wondering after Matt Niskanen surprised everyone with his retirement from the Flyers, Scotty, if we have more veterans through the pandemic, say the same. Say, you know what? I probably only have a year or two left, and I don't want to deal with this crap. Uh, so I'm done. I want to stay home with my family. Um, but we really haven't, uh, you know, uh, other than obviously for for medical reason, Johnny Boychuk today.
2: It is fascinating. I mean, hey, it's an emotional day for Johnny Boychuk and 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 his team, but uh, it does create some interesting. Uh, possibilities for the Islanders in terms of their roster. Here's hoping we get to a point where they have to get a roster ready to uh, play. Well, play. don't
0: forget they got a young Mr. Barzal to sign at some yes. point. So that's uh, probably Good. priority number one, I would say. Yes. And there has been a number of conversations on that front, I can tell you, between both sides. But uh, we'll see. You know, I think when it comes to those big deals, everyone in the NHL wants to see if we're playing hockey again for sure before you proceed with all that. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, All right, my friend. Well, I hope next time we chat, there will be more concrete NHL news to discuss. But it has been a terrific chance to catch up with you. Great to uh, chat earlier with Kendall. Uh, Let's see what else we got going on here. NHL coaches agent Neil Glassberg joins Jeff Patterson and Thomas Drance on a new episode of the VanCast this week at The Athletic those guys are tireless, the Vancouver guys by the way, they never quit Uh, and you should check out our comments section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app and rate and subscribe to Two Man Advantage on Apple my friend, enjoy the American Thanksgiving and stay safe and healthy my friend, always great to catch up Oh Cowboys!